0: Welcome to the podcast series, Animated Living, where we help you to live out the best version of you, the most animated version of you. I'm Ian Freestone, and I'm your host. Well, hey, everybody, this is part two of a two part series with Liz Dean, who is a health and wellness expert. She's an exercise scientist. She's a senior lecturer at Torrens University. What I like about Liz is that she walks the talk. She puts these things into practice and she's living a healthy life. She's a great communicator. Liz, welcome back to part two. It's great to have you share some more with us. Please tell us some more about what we can do, particularly those of us who are over fifty-five. what we can do to implement so that we can live a healthier and a better life.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, let's talk about exercise. Let's. Now, yeah. Look, exercise, as an exercise scientist, you know, I've always been very physically active and I got to go for a surf this morning, which was nice. It was a bit bumpy, but I thought every day in the ocean is a great day. So, It's about moving, moving every single day. And we've all heard to go and do 10,000 steps, and that's a great start. But what we've got to try and do is mix it up. So if you always go for a walk every day, try and do some other things as well. So you might find that, you know, walking is just something that you do every day, but then add other things on top of that. Mm. As we age, I mentioned before about losing this muscle mass. What we need to do is actually lift weights if possible. If you can lift weights, that's great. If you've got some little hand weights at home and doing some basic movement patterns such as a squat, a lunge, a push, a pull, and a twist. So there's lots of different exercise programs and things that you can do online. Just Don't one of each? Eat, oh, ideally, two sets, two sets of about... 10 to 12 repetitions so oh, you can okay. do 10 squats mm. and look you could even structure it throughout the day so you might be doing some work or doing things at home and you could go right oh i'm going to do my 10 squats now and mm. then you could come back later and do another 10 squats later muscles need to be loaded so muscles pull on bones what these muscles do is they hold us upright well, they hang off the bones that held us upright, but they keep us being functional. Because what we want to do is we want to be able to be functionally able to move, to do your shopping, to do whatever it is you want to do, all the exercise, all the sport, your activities, for as long as we possibly can. And also, what another thing I find I used to find this a lot when I would be training older adults and and some of my exercise science clients was they would get this mindset where they'd say, I'm too old for that. And the moment you start saying that, your brain hears that. Mm. So I say, don't let an old person move into your body. Mm. So it's really about giving it a go, finding what's good for you. Mm. And it might feel a little bit uncomfortable when you first start doing it, but the more that you do it, the easier it actually becomes. Mm another thing that happens as we age is we lose our balance and we we have these receptors that they're called proprioceptors and they and they sort of show you where you are in space and they your brain recognizes where your your knee is your ankle etc so it's important you do some balance work regularly so standing on one leg and if you're not You know, if your balance is a bit off, maybe having a wall close by, uh, you know, getting along to a yoga class where they do some balance work in a yoga class or some kind of exercise class is fantastic, because balance does diminish as we age, and if your balance goes, you're more likely to fall. Mm -hmm. There's also very strong correlation between vitamin D levels and balance, which I'm going to come when we get to supplementation, but if your vitamin d levels decline which they do after 50 years of age then we need to um your balance is going to go okay Mm -hmm. so the balance is the other one that's very very important the other thing is we need to stretch because as we age your range of motion around a joint diminishes so you get stiffer and stiffer and stiffer and then what happens is you're more likely to get injured or you're more likely to fall and then you find you can't pick up things off the ground or it just everything hurts so if i was to say what you got to do a bit of everything so mix it up mm. some days maybe go to a yoga class uh some days go for your walk some days go lift some weights you got weights at home in your garage or go to the gym do a class you know get a get a personal training session so you know what to what to actually do it's really important that we move. And yeah. look, there is some evidence to show that if you do some high-intensity training sessions, not for a long period, and if you've, your knees and your ankles aren't grey, do it on a bike. You could do a thing called Tabata. I don't know if you've ever heard that, Ian, but it's very simple. You do really high-intensity for 20 seconds yeah. and then you do uh, just being active but not high, it's a really low-intensity for 10 seconds, go back to 20 seconds, 10 second rest. You do that for four minutes. That's all it is. There's eight rounds, and that's it. People's fitness improved, and you can do it on a bike. It's very, very simple. Mm -hmm. It's called Tabata, and it's really great for your heart. It's great for your nervous system. It improves your fitness. And people think when they get older that they can't improve their fitness. Mm -hmm. They think, oh, all I can do is walk. Mm -hmm. It's not, and it's, We can always improve fitness. People have taken up marathon running at 70, 80 years of age. Yeah. I think
0: one of the the mistakes I made um, is I thought, well, I surf. That's my thing. I don't need to go to the gym. I don't need to walk any great distance. I don't need to go to Pilates or do yoga. I just surf. That's my thing. But that's not working for me anymore, Liz.
1: You know, Ian, that's a really common thing that I see because I see lots of, you know, guys in the morning, all different ages, and that's all they do. And I noticed some of them are getting a little bit bigger and bigger bellies, and they're always saying to me, oh, this is so hard, I can't paddle anymore, I can't get to my feet quickly. And I said, well, you can change that. They go, oh, no, I'm old. And I go, what? Okay, you can improve it. I said, I was having trouble getting to my feet, so I thought, well, what do I do? I need to go back and strengthen my glutes. I need to strengthen up my hip complex. I need to do explosive movements and mimic that movement so that I get up faster again. And that's exactly what I did. Mm -hmm. And so I'm 57 and it's, you know, I want to keep being active for as long as I possibly can. I took up skateboarding a few years ago. And I'm fine. Haven't broken anything. And it's super fun, but I'm very cautious. I, don't, I try to do a little bit of the ramps. But it's like, there's no reason why we can't, unless you've got injuries. But if you have injuries, then you you work around that. And this is why I'm saying a stationary bike yeah. is great, because you can do that high intensity, but without the impact. Yeah. And but a lot of people, you know, you're saying, Ian, that you all you did was surf. A lot of people think, that's enough. But we need, there's three S's in fitness there's strength, stamina, and suppleness, which is flexibility. Lots of people just do one, it's got to do all three.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with, you were talking about breaking things up so that you might do like squats at some point during the day and you might do something else at some other point in the day. You're familiar with habit stacking where you attach a particular activity to something that you do as a routine anyway. It could be brushing teeth, could be having a wee, whatever it is, and then you attach an activity that you might forget about unless you attach it to something else.
1: I haven't actually heard that. That's, that's a great strategy. I like it.
0: So your squats, for example, okay, every time I... <laughs> you could even incorporate this perhaps in the bathroom but every time you go you you do your your squat session right there and then
1: absolutely and you, you know you still want to be able to go to the bathroom and get out of out of the, the seat don't you that's that's why squats are so important they're one of the very first things that we actually do it's called the a primal pattern and it's the first things you know kids do when they try to stand up as a baby is they go they do a, they stand up And they squat down and sometimes they get back up and sometimes they just fall down. So it is a basic movement pattern that we need to do. And the other ones I mentioned before was a lunge. A lunge is very important to get things up off the ground, to pick something up off the ground. And uh, a push, so a push-up. And you you can't do a push-up, you can do a push-up on your knees or a push-up on the wall. So there's lots of things you could actually do. Mm. Oh, one more thing. You could track your exercise. I know you've got the Apple Watch, haven't you? I do. You you do. I track my movement. Uh, I know some people use Garmin. There's different fitness trackers. There's, I think, like the Fitbit. I really like to track. Some people Mm. don't, but I'm one of those people, especially if I've been sitting for a long period of time, I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't done as many steps. I'm going to walk around the block for a couple of times, you know, just to to get moving, and also then it'll improve my brain function. So, yeah, fitness trackers are good.
0: Yeah, it's good. It reminds me to stand because I get focused on my work. I sit in the same position (laughs) for way too long. So I probably should be getting up every 30 minutes, but at least I'm getting up every hour with the little prompt for my watch.
1: Yeah. The next one I've got is sleep. Okay, so sleep is absolutely essential. So um, quality sleep, you don't need to you know, get your 10 hours, but you do need between seven and eight hours if possible. Mm-hmm. Now, it's okay if you miss sometimes and you don't get that, but it's about consistency. And mm-hmm. it's about having these regular sleep patterns where you go to sleep at a certain time and I do use my my phone. It reminds me it's time to put my phone down and not to look at it for 30 minutes before I go to sleep. And Um, I have a set time that I pretty much wake up every day. I'm quite structured with my sleep because we can get into that habit where we start to go to sleep quite late and then it gets us into the hours before midnight are really important. Mm. Also, we found the research, if you don't sleep well, you're more likely to be hungrier the next day. It upregulates your appetite hormones. It also uh, increases inflammation in the brain. So there's lack of sleep is being linked with Alzheimer and dementia. Um, it also influences your blood glucose levels. So you'll be more likely to have blood glucose issues the next day. So, again, that can push us towards age-related diabetes, so type 2 diabetes. And even though people can be relatively healthy and look healthy, they may be on the path for um, blood glucose issues. And again, that could come down to genetics, et cetera, as well. I used to be impressed
0: reading the biographies of people or talking with people who only had four hours sleep a night. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to only need four hours sleep a night? Imagine all the things you could do. But as time has gone on, I've looked at some of those people and they kind of crash and burn at some point. It, it's not really a sustainable practice.
1: It's not. And I'm like Huey, and I, I actually had a friend who would only sleep about four hours and I was, I was envious going, I've always needed so much sleep and she gets so much done. But it's actually when I looked at the evidence, it's actually really dangerous. It actually increases your risk of heart attack. Uh, It it pushes up your blood glucose level. You're more likely to age a lot faster. So it's actually one of the things we talk about with biohacking is that uh, it will will shorten your your DNA called your telomeres, and that is uh, one of your longevity factors. So it shortens those. Uh, faster. So accelerates the aging process by not getting enough sleep, Mm -hmm. which is when I get into, I start looking at people can't get quality sleep. Then there's a couple of things that we do. We talk about magnesium with people. So having something like a magnesium glycinate or biglycinate at nighttime. I also look at melatonin. So melatonin is a naturally occurring um, hormone in the pineal gland and your body makes that. But as you age, you stop producing melatonin to the same degree. So we can, supplement melatonin it's absolutely safe and it puts you into it's not a drug so you don't wake up like with a that sort of hangover from a sleeping pill it gives you a better quality sleep and puts you um, into where you need to go that sleep state more effectively so you know the big thing is switching off the devices other thing that happens when you don't sleep well is that you down-regulates your natural killer cells by 40%. And that's what helps with your immunity. That's what's fighting any of these colds and flu and etc. So that's why we need sleep. It's just as important as eating and moving. All right, we're up to supplements.
0: Okay, fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, look, again, always... Ch- with your health practitioner if you're unsure of what you should take Mm. the ones i'm just going to give a couple of quick little overviews is vitamin d Mm. after 51 years of age and from about 50 years onwards the recommended um, dietary intake is to have or daily intake is doubled from what we were when we were under 50 years of age what happens is we lose receptors in our skin to be actually be able to absorb. Because when sunlight hits the skin, the cholesterol in the skin actually converts the vitamin D to the, what we actually need, which is D3. Vitamin D is essential for not only bone health, but heart health. Every receptor in our body has a vitamin D receptor. So it's important for your brain function. Um, it's important for muscle mass maintenance. Every cell needs vitamin D. And unfortunately, Australians are really low in their vitamin D, which you wouldn't think so because of the sunshine. I actually had mine tested and I was low. And I was like, okay, I'm in the ocean a lot. I'm outside. My levels were actually low. So I'm not converting it well. So Mm -hmm. my advice is go get your vitamin D levels tested. Yeah.
0: I was shocked recently. I had a a blood test. Yeah, very low. Um, and I thought, well, how does that even happen? And I had been inside a little bit and I thought, oh, it's just because of COVID and I haven't sort of been out and about as much as I, you know, have been. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go and get a supplement. I just need to get out more. But I'm wrong yeah. about that, aren't I?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is you'll need more in winter because if you test yourself in summer, your levels are probably gonna be a little bit higher. You can, and then what you can find you can do in summer. You might take a supplement, but just take less of it. So you might only take it every two or three days, and you get your blood test done. You might find in winter you need to test a bit more. You can also get it from your foods, so your oily fish. So you again, comes back to your salmons your sardines, your ocean trout, etc. They're they're good sources of, of your vitamin D.
0: But but again, what you're identifying here is that there are changes in our body. There are changes in our capacity to absorb and to function in different ways. And you're saying the body's ability past 50 years of age to process and use that vitamin D isn't, isn't as uh, effective as what it once was.
1: Absolutely. And then after 71 years of age, it goes up. I think it's 70 or 71, it goes up again. So, again, it goes up another uh, another 5,000. So, yeah, it goes from 5,000 um, up to 10,000 then 15,000. So, yeah, it's interesting that most people aren't aware of that. And if the further you are away from the equator, the worse the condition actually is. So, if you're in the southern states and you're in Tasmania, then you're going to find that your levels are probably even lower. And also if you're olive skinned too. If you're olive skinned, you don't absorb vitamin D the same way. So you need more, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which a lot of people wouldn't think. They go, oh, well, I've got plenty of it in my skin. I've got plenty of melanin, but it's not not the same. My other supplements, I've mentioned protein already to increase protein intake and also magnesium. Magnesium is great for muscle relaxation. It works synergistically with calcium. Um, Calcium is one that I do... I do sometimes supplement, but I tend to try and get it through the diet because of, of bone health, etc. But calcium and vitamin D work really closely together with uh, with bone health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then finally, on my last point is about mindfulness or mindset. Now, yeah. this comes back because I'm a yoga yoga teacher, yoga teacher trainer, and one of the things that people often came to see me about was stress. And the thing is, I said, the first thing you can do in the morning is all you need to do is sit up and they're going, I'm not going to meditate. I said, all you need to do is sit and breathe 20 slow breaths. What that actually does, that lowers your cortisol level. So, cortisol is our stress hormone. And the more pressure and stress we're under, those cortisol levels could go up. What you might find if you're really tired at night time, but you're wired, your cortisol could be higher at nighttime than it should be cortisol should be up in the morning and then it should diminish and lower during the day but for some people it's the other way around they can't get out of bed they've got to keep drinking coffee constantly and then by the evening they're so wired and they can't sleep so getting up in the morning and having a bit of a ritual so getting up same time most days um Doing this breathing, even just sitting there, closing your eyes. You don't need to meditate. Meditation is fantastic if they can. And there's lots of great apps that you can use. There's lots of free apps. Um, but just getting people to slow down and to breathe and to bring their focus to their breath. And I, I like to count. So I say I'll do even do things like a four counts in, six counts out or four count in, hold for four count, out for four, hold for four. And we might do some like a box breathing like that. Um, one of the other things I might get people to do is gratitude journaling. So at night time, just yep. writing down, you know, what they're they're grateful for, etc. But we really want to try and calm the nervous system down,
0: mm-hmm. get
1: people back into a parasympathetic state rather than being in the fight or flight. And mm-hmm. we can do that through exercise and nutrition but it also comes down to their breathing and slowing their brain down, which is Mm. easier said than done. Mm.
0: About seven years ago, I had an extended break from work and there were many things that came out of that. Maybe I'll talk a little bit about it as part of a podcast sometime later. But uh, one of the things that I was aware of for me is that I, I was taking a disproportionate amount of time I would have thought to actually fall asleep. And I realised it was related to stress and a whole bunch of things. So what I started doing was concentrating on my breathing before I went to sleep. And so I would just start from 100 and count backwards, and with each count I would just concentrate on my breathing and hope that I would fall asleep before I hit zero, Well, I can tell you now, in fact, by the end of that time away, I I was doing it under 20. Now I can go to bed, I put my head on the pillow, count slowly backwards, concentrating on my breathing from 10, and I'm asleep before I hit zero. So I always say to my wife, I'm going to sleep now. And I actually do mean now, because I can actually control when I go to sleep based on My body is just so used to the fact that that slow breathing means that I'm now getting into a relaxed state. And if it works for sleep, it works for a whole range of things. As you say, you have that time in the morning where you just concentrate on your breathing. I think if I did that, I might fall asleep because that's my body's cue to actually go to sleep. But uh, the whole area of meditation and breath is just so important.
1: It certainly is. And it's some things that I, I get out of habits from it. So I have to actually schedule and write it in my, my, when I plan my bit of my week and my exercise, I write down that I'd like to do two or three sessions the week. And, and often it's my, my excuse, and I'm sure this is lots of people, is I don't have enough time. Too much is going on. I'm too, in too much a rush. So I go, right, I'll just get up 10 minutes earlier. And all I need to do is just sit for five minutes. Everyone can find five minutes mm-hmm. and just sit and breathe. Mm -hmm. And when you do it, I always go, wow, that was so good. But I have to remind myself to do it. (laughs) We get out of habits with the practice.
0: Yeah. And we think that other things are more important. And then what you discover is that things catch up with you and the things that you thought were so important, you now can't do effectively because you haven't given time to the things that are really important.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you go. That's my five my five tips.
0: Okay, that's fabulous. Let's just recap. We've talked about nutrition. We've talked about exercise. We've talked about sleep. We've talked about supplements, and we've talked about mindfulness. Have I got them all? And that's within- correct. Within those, you had some very practical tips along the way. So if you're still listening, you're listening to part two and you might like to go back to part one and listen to what Liz has said. You can go to my website, myanimatedlife.com forward slash podcast and download a resource that Liz has prepared for you, which covers all these things. It's hard to remember them all. And use it as a bit of a checklist for where you're at. And maybe just choose one thing. And if people just chose one thing, okay, I'm going to drink more water or I'm going to make sure I'm in bed before 10 o'clock at night or something like that, then your life will be substantially better for it. And we're on about living an animated life, living an integrated life where diet, health, exercise and mindset are all kept in perfect balance with each other. Liz, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and your practice with us. It's been really helpful. And if people want to contact you, they can do so through the email address that will be on my website. But thanks again, Liz.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me in.